Let's go forth with the lesson tonight. As I said on the previous three lessons, we've been zeroing in on Lent matters. Lent matters. It does matter. It's significant. Lent matters. There are some issues, some Lent issues, some Lent matters. Uh, the first Lent matter we talked about was gossip. One of those things that during this season, it would be good to shed it out of your life, get it out of your spirit, detach yourself, put some distance between you and gossip. Part two, Christian suffering. Oh, what a matter that honors God, that draws us closer to him, that conforms us more to our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Suffering, Christian suffering, part two, and then we concluded it in part three. So uh, let's go back to a matter of self-denial, one of those things that we ought to distance and detach ourselves from tonight. Lent Matters, part four, and uh, this self-denial matter is called Slothfulness or slothfulness, S-L-O-T-H-F-U-L, slothful, being slothful. Uh, you can pronounce it one way or the other, slothfulness, slothfulness, being a sloth, S-L-O-T-H. Proverbs 24 Verse 30, and uh, reading down to verse 34, I went by the field of a sluggard, slothful is the word that appears in King James. I went past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Um, thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds. And the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Matthew 25, verse 26. Matthew 25, verse 26. The master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. King James Version said, you slothful servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. So that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. I want to focus in on these two passages and extract some truth during this season of Lent about being slothful. In both the Old Testament and New Testament um, passages, 
that word means lazy. Uh, the idea of a person who is delayed, a person who is full of hesitations with self-justification of excuses. That person is a sloth. Such a person is slow to perform. I think um, that's why we don't commonly use the word slothful. It sounds too much like uh, the word slowful, and nobody wants to be called slow. Nonetheless, slothful or being a sloth carries enough weight and evokes enough images to stand on its own. Let me share some of the weight and images in that word. Slothful, lazy, indecisive, non-committed, excuse-justifying, do-nothing, idle, unambitious, non-aggressive, lackadaisical, easy-going, negligent, good-for-nothing. Just that description uh, uh, evokes enough images to let us know as children of God and believers, uh, we definitely don't want to be known as a sloth, a slothful person. Um, such a person has an absolute aversion to work. Um, it's not the same as becoming sluggish, because you can get sluggish doing work, but the slothful person will never be found trying to do anything productive. He or she is unwilling to make an effort. Uh, not only doesn't want to work, but this person may not even go out of their way, may even go out of their way to avoid doing work. Isn't that crazy? Would rather use energy to escape a task than use that same energy to do a task. Lazy is an understatement for the slothful person. He or she is not just lazy, late, and slow to act, but that person has settled into such a pattern with a warped sense of justification, not easily aroused to work, they've made it okay. It's their norm. In their mind, uh, nothing is wrong. It doesn't bother them that everybody else is working and that they're doing nothing, such is the Lawful in the Old Testament writing of Proverbs. The wise man Solomon, who's writing, he draws our attention to several realities. A slothful person, Solomon says, is a blessed person because he or she just doesn't do much with what they've been. Blessed with. 
the vineyard, the grounds, the landscaping are in shambles because the occupant or the overseer, the owner, uh, has done nothing with what he or she has been blessed with. And this warning during Lent is to us. Let's not squander the Lord's blessings. Each of us has something. None of us have the same, but the Lord gave it to us to be good stewards. So please, let's not look at a task and disconnect our heart from being touched with the call, I got to do something about this. The proverbial writer, Solomon, says, I went by the field and I could tell that it was a slothful person who owned it because everything was unkept. Likewise, in the parable, Jesus tells about the talents. Um, no one is shortchanged. Let's not spend time talking about what we don't have or comparing ourselves to what others have. The Lord holds you responsible for what you have. In that parable, he gives a 110, 15, and 11. And the slothful goes to making excuses that he didn't have as much as the other person. Take your eyes and concern off of what somebody else has. What are you doing with what the Lord gave you? Another image evoked by the slothful is this, excuse-making. In the parable, the servant uh, tries to wiggle out with weak words. In the Proverbs, there's a sense that the slothful didn't see any harm in a little nap, a little sleep, kicking back, until a little becomes his new comfort zone for continuation. So here's the message. Can we just follow the clear commands of the master? without questioning why they are not different. They're not different because they are direct, and he's directing his word to us. I thought the research this notion of being a sloth, and I ran across the image of a donkey. That's right, a donkey. Did you know that a donkey is a highly intelligent animal and stronger than a horse of the same size? And a donkey has an excellent memory. A donkey can recall places it's visited or other donkeys it's met 25 years ago. Isn't that something? A donkey is capable of independent thought and decision-making. In the midst of all of these salient qualities, however, in the midst of all of these positives a donkey has going for him, a donkey can get stubborn and refuse to move until it gets ready. The handler just has to wait 
on the donkey to move. Haven't you heard that phrase, stubborn as a donkey? That fits some people. They're gifted, but they're only going to move on their own terms. I surely wouldn't want to be put in the category of a donkey. And yet, I put myself in it when I want to establish the terms and the times of my past. When you have a will and a mind of your own to do what you want to on your own timetable, you are stubborn as a donkey. We don't quit on God. We don't stop giving quality service. If our passion shifts, then we pray and discover another area of service. And listen, during your lifetime, your passion to do a thing for the Lord can shift. But shifting doesn't mean stopping. So you never justify because your passion diminishes in one area of work, you never justify uh, doing nothing. Who's serving the Lord with gladness? And who's just slopping around? So you see, when we peel away the layers of slothfulness, there's really no excuse for any of us. The Lord's been too good. The Lord has given us too much. There's too much work to be done for us to sit on the sideline and self-excuse our lack of participation. Hallelujah. couple questions. Have you identified what area of service the Spirit has gifted you? Don't say none. What are you good at? What do you find pleasure in doing? Are others lifted in spirit and blessed by your performance? That's your gift area. Another question. If you're serving in your gift area, are you doing all that you can? Are you maximizing uh, your skills. Another question. When the Lord comes, not if he comes, but when he comes, will you be able to give a good report? Will you tell the Lord that you've done what you could do with the opportunities you have? You got a gift. You're gifted. But doing nothing with your gift, that's the report of the slothful servant in Matthew 25. Another matter just came to mind. I want to speak anathema. I want to speak judgment. I want to speak a word of cursing on this term, I am retired. Retired is the favorite word of a slothful person. 
There's no retirement clause in Christianity. Uh, uh, we, we, we do not retire. Hallelujah. I close on a reference back to the Proverbs. He says, the place was in shambles. Others were walking by and taking note. Can I remind us that people are watching us? They see the same faithful few working. We say we are Christians. We say we are preachers. We say we are deacons. We say we are singers. But as people walk by, they observe the same few pouring their heart into the work. Where's the rest of us? Yes, our identity draws their attention. What do they see when they check us out? Do we leave a positive impression on our Christ and about our church? Or do folks just walk past us and say, if that's what a Christian looks like, I'll keep it moving. So the proverb writer says, I went by the field and I made some observances. This is a Lent matter. I will put it in the self-denial column. It goes right next to gossip. I will not be a slop. I will not be slothful. I will not be known for my slothfulness. I will be known and noted for my faithfulness, my diligence, and my delight in doing the work of the Lord. Long before we get to heaven, we can hear the Lord say, good and faithful servant, well done. I know we hear that at the funeral service as part of the resolution or as part of the tribute to the deceased, that they are now hearing the Lord say, good and faithful servant, well done. Well, I got good news for you. You don't have to wait until you die to hear the Lord say, good and faithful servant, well done. But know this. His well done comes only when we have done well. So I ask you a question. How well are you doing? How well are you doing? The Proverbs say, I went by the field of a slothful, and I learned something. And then from the lips of the Master in Matthew, he says to the same, I gave you gifts. You could have at least done something with what I gave. That's the lesson tonight on being a sloth. I pray that you have received the word of faith, which I teach. Amen.